Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the unofficial <laughs> Elder Scrolls podcast. I am kind of your host tonight, even though I'm in a weird spot, because apparently my internet did not want to send frames over to Twitch, so we're seeing what happens now. But we do have a show for you tonight, we promise. It only took us a half hour to get here. Uh, <laughs> but I want to thank everybody for sticking around with us while we dealt with all of those fun technical issues. So why don't I introduce who was with us tonight? We have a returning face who's been on once before, Avron. How are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you, Pylon? I'm doing well. Uh, and we have the returning faces of Alara and Lost in Hyrule, who weren't here last week, but they have joined us yet again. Alara, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. And I'm going to ask how you are again. Oh, I'm doing as well as could be. <laughs> my original answer was, I'm doing great. And now my answer is, grumble, grumble. But anyways, we'll move on. And Lost, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Pylon. <laughs> he gets wow. to redeem himself. Really know, inspired. Is, that was great. I like that we get to have like a redemption now of all the things that we didn't want to do before. But <laughs> it's great. And last but not least, we have AKB, who is actually running the show for us tonight. So hopefully that all goes well for you tonight. How are you doing, AKB? Uh, I have a bunch of things open now. I'm probably going to only kind of play the game uh because yeah. <laughs> i know i have to apparently run the show uh which i haven't done uh officially in like five years five years for our one and a half year old podcast. it's amazing it's an incredible it's an incredible feat awesome well why don't we hop over and talk about the news Anyways, guys, so let's talk about what's happening in the news right now. It's been a little bit of a slower week uh, for the Elder Scrolls Online. Actually, all the Elder Scrolls games pretty much have been a little bit slower. So, Avron, do you want to tell us what's in the news for ESO right now? No, Alara, because I asked Alara last time. <laughs> I'm not yes, going to ask. I mean. Yeah, Avron doesn't get to the answer here. Alara, <laughs> what is happening in the wonderful world of Elder Scrolls Online? <laughs> So the Mid-Year Mayhem event is extended to July 8th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, so that's this Wednesday. And I guess our thought was that it's because of maintenance it's going to be overnight tonight? Yeah, there's some form of maintenance happening today. None of us really know what it is, but we'll find out, I guess, in the morning what happened. If it's a patch or an incremental update or something, they just have to do a little quick fix on. I don't, I don't know what the maintenance is for, so... Let's see, so that three days to get your event tickets. So rest today, tomorrow, and then Wednesday until 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Awesome. The only really other thing that I found for um, ESO News is they released the Crown Star Showcase for July. I will throw a link in the chat here. Yeah, so we got the uh, ESO Plus uh, members get the free Gloom Queen Nocturnal Statuette, which I grabbed and looks awesome. Um, I love those statuettes. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of all of them. I haven't missed one yet either, which makes me happy. So I have a full collection. Nice. Yeah, a bunch of the mid-year mayhem um, things returned. Like there's crowns. Um, you can get that one outfit with the wolf head. Stuff like that. And then some of the things that are coming um, this month are the Queen's Eye Spymaster outfit, which is basically Razzledar's outfit from Somerset. I believe that's available now. 
the York Rim River Ram Mount. That's the first uh, Ram Mount that we've had. Oh, that's and so good too. The it looks so good. Yeah, Anthrobred Avalanche Dog Pet, which is a Saint Bernard, basically. It's, it's like really the cute. traditional one too. That's got like the keg full of Perfect. medicine on its uh, collar. I love it. It's like a very like cartoony, like old school Bugs Bunny is what it reminds me of. So the ram, is that a new um, body type? Mm-hmm. It is. So too. I don't think we've seen anything like that. We have not. I'm very excited. Can't wait. Yeah. And there's some other stuff too, but those I thought are the coolest. So you can click the link and take a look. Do they ever go back and add new body types to old mountain styles? I don't know if there's enough of a history. I don't to know what you mean about that. that. Yes, like, kind of, sort of. Okay, it's so like, like if they added it? in a camel, then go back and add a lizard camel. If yes, lizard that's what camel basically camel. the crown crates are. Okay, they go back and redo some of the old. They ones. add new different models to the different body types. Yeah, they've slowed a couple horses down too over the years. There's a couple. There's like three different horse yeah. body types now for mounts. There's like really you know thick stocky oh, nice. one and then a thinner one. So yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like. Mm-hmm. They need to make a Nyx Ox Lizard Steed. No. <laughs> That's so much. I'm There's trying so to much happening. That would even look it would like. be horrific, but I want to see it. No. Oh, man. Yeah, Lizard Camel's a real thing, Eerie Snow. Yep. Right? It's yeah. canon, too. And they're terrible. Just so clear. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Lizard Camels are canon. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it for ESO News Lost. Do you want to let us know what's happened in the wonderful world of Legends? Yeah, so a not... A not especially exciting event over the weekend. The no- they had another noble gauntlet, and that just means you can only build your deck with commons and rares. There were no special out of the ordinary rewards, just a typical weekend competition, and it's over. And that's it. That's it. That's all she wrote for Legends News this week. Not too much, but hey, it's still there's still stuff happening, so we're happy with that. Um, Blades. There really wasn't anything to talk about too much. Uh, but we did want to go over again all the things that we told you we weren't going to be able to talk about last week was the call to arms news. So Lost, I'll get you, because I think you probably have the most information on that. Uh, do you want to let us know what's happening in the call to arms world? So they came out with two different things, really. One is an article, which I am now copying the link, and now I am pasting the link. And so if you're in Twitch <laughs> chat, you can see the said link. It's our so they have five. Yeah, DevBlog5, where they covered what their first post-release sets are going to be. And they're having two sets to expand the Adventurer faction, which currently you only have the Dragonborn. The last Dragonborn is the only Adventurer model in the game. They're adding in Adventurer Allies and Adventurer Followers. So Adventurer Allies, that is coming with Lydia and Karjo. So both of those are bodyguard units, which are going to prove pretty useful in keeping your main champion alive. And then they have three followers in the um, in the call to arms parlance, so weaker, smaller, standardized units. But for adventurers, instead of having soldiers like you have for Stormcloaks and Imperials, they've got a variety of individuals that you can use. So instead of here, I've got three Imperial swords when I'm adding to my force. Instead, you pick what you need for your team. So they're also adding in a Khajiit Thief if you need lockpicking, a Breton Ranger who's got ranged support, and then an Orc Barbarian if you need someone to go up and soak up damage. So that's one set. And a reminder, I don't know who actually plays the game, but anyone that's an adventurer can be brought on as a hireling to any other faction. So if you've got an Imperial force that you're building, you can still hire any adventurer to come along with your team. 
The other group is called the Adventurer Followers, and these are not followers in Call to Arms parlance. All of the people in Adventurer Followers are heroes, but they're all followers in Skyrim. And so, all of those heroes are Mercurio, who's the Adventuring Mage, a Destruction Master. You've got Janassa, who's a well-rounded fighter. She's got the Ranger ability, so she can swap from melee to ranged combat cheaply or for free. Vorstag, who's apparently a very solid frontline fighter with low slash, which helps him control the battlefield. Derkethus, who is going to be the first Argonian in the game, which is oh, great. I want to see he's the mini a, for that so bad. He's a stealthy archer. I think they have the picture shown at the top of the dev blog if you check it out. Is that the and he's also yeah. got hissed skin, so obviously he's got a little bit extra survivability. And then they're adding Mule the Lioness. And a direct quote from that article said that she's a warrior second only to the Dragonborn. So she can do one-handed or two-handed weapons, very strong melee combatant, and once she levels up, then she gets a free strike countering anyone that attacks her. You hit her, she hits you back, and she hits hard. So all of those sound really cool, and I will make my little paper cartoon versions of the miniatures after a little while. Um, they also said that because of production issues... I forget how this part works they're releasing the pdfs of those characters early since the cards that are supposed to come out for the set so there's a wave one card set eventually coming out it's delayed they're going to release the pdfs so you can play with those models as soon as you get them uh, gotcha so that's nice that's cool they're um they are ugh, unleashed released they released their first wave of errata so going through and correcting some issues in the book's some spell checks, some slight rules, clarifications. Uh, one, they changed a quote that was attributed to someone from Winterfell. They corrected it to Winterhold, so now it's properly Skyrim-based. And a few other things. They also recognized that there were issues on some of the cards that came in the core set. They are going to reprint those cards on the Wave 1 card pack that comes out later so that you have nice, pristine cards later on, which is nice. Yeah. And then the last bit is that they're doing a contest. So it's a two-part competition. You're allowed one entry into each halves, half each half of the competition. One, they want people to create a base camp. Create a piece of scenery using homemade materials that indicates a base camp, whether that's an Imperial's tent or that's some secretive necromancer's shrine, something that's a base camp for somebody. Create it out of your own homemade materials that can fit on a compact disc sized base. And I'm guessing that whoever creates the best one, they might actually end up producing it. The other is create a scenario using a base camp as part of the objective. So design a scenario the way their initial scenarios were designed. That is some cool adventure. And for each contest, there's going to be one winner who wins $100 in Modifius store credit. And then each one will have three runners-up who each get $20 in Modifius store credit. And this runs until September 1st. So if this game interests you and anyone else is checking it out, go check that out too. A chance to flex some creativity. Awesome. Yeah, so that's... I think that'd be a cool thing. I think we could get a lot of people to get some fun little bits in there. So make sure you use UESP when you go and build your scenario to make sure it's lore friendly as well, because we don't want we don't want to have any challenging people challenging us on the wiki because everything shows up different there. But yes. that's 
basically all of our news for this week. There's not too, too much. Um, so what I am going to do now, since we don't have the bumper for it, I'll just slash my hands and go do 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 I want to thank our supporters for all the help that they've given us. It's a little bit different this week. Uh, so I want to thank our newest patron from Patreon, uh, Christopher Call or Kale. I'm not per- sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I apologize. Uh, but thank you for supporting us there. I really appreciate it. Uh, as a reminder, you can always go to patreon.com slash UESP if you want to support us that way. Uh, and I want to, breaking news, thank our latest Twitch uh, subscriber, Sidrethi. Thank you for helping us out tonight. I appreciate that. He just popped in, and I'm sure you may recognize the name Sidrethi as he's around these parts all the time. Uh, As well, I just want to make sure that people remember a great way that you can support us is either by writing a review on iTunes or just helping out on the wiki. There's still so much work to do on the wiki, so we would love to see a lot more uh, content going in there, and that's honestly the best thing you can do for us. Uh, One of the things I wanted to highlight is we are working on trying to get the legends namespace and if you're not familiar the namespace is just kind of what how we group uh the different games within uesp we want to 100 percent complete that because we don't honestly know how long we'll have access to everything so we really want to make sure that we have all of the information available there that you can go in and uh help us out with that that'd be a great thing to do uh but now i'm going to queue up akb to Switch over to our scholarly pursuits. Okay. So our scholarly pursuit section is where we like to talk about the things that we've been up to. Uh, And I want to start this week. Because I had some very, very fun things uh, going on on my stream. Uh, What we've been doing, I decided a couple weeks, uh, last week actually, uh, that I really needed to rename my main character. I felt Pylonius was the wrong name for that character. It didn't fit. It didn't have a last name. I I just didn't like any of it. Uh, So I thought the best way to do this would be have a Twitter contest and let Twitter rename my character. So the winning character... That makes sense. Yeah, it was perfect. Was Rumple Gwarskin, <laughs> uh, which was one of our fellow Elder Scrolls uh, podcasters, Bronze Solo, was the contributor of that one. And I, every time I see that name, I laugh so, so hard. So on Wednesday night, we had a fun stream where we went and uh, did the whole character creation for Rumple Gwarskin. And he is a, he is a unique-looking Argonian he's he's got a big mouth he, he he's looks a as, fine gonian he's a, a. Oh, oh yeah he's an a plus gonian that's for sure um he's not down in the r but it's uh it was fun belly him uh but really really cool that we got to do afterwards is uh blue dragon arc sorry i'm getting some feedback from akb i can hear myself but uh uh Rumple Gwarskin was drawn, or not drawn, I guess. Blue Dragonar can probably do a way better explaining this, but Blue Dragonar likes to take screenshots of characters in the game and then goes into Photoshop afterwards and edits them so that they're more painterly and things like that, which is really, really cool. So I got on Twitter, and I'll see if I can find the link here in a second to link um, the portrait that she made of uh, Rumple Gwarskin, and it looks amazing. It was so much better than I could have imagined. 
So I will look for that. But that's basically all I've been up to. Uh, Lost, what have you been up to this week? So three weeks, I guess. It's been a bit since I've been on the show. So this is a lot of stocked up stuff. So there was a grand melee recently in Legends. And I participated in that because the top thousand reward was a premium um, Xanmir card back. So cool Argonian artwork with some hissed sap seeping along some of the crevices. And I tried to get that. I didn't succeed. I borrowed a deck from Dwarf MP on UESP, and I did pretty good on my first run and real trash on the second run, and I realized my chances of getting top 1,000 were pretty low, so I didn't go for the third run. But it was fun to get a few rounds of Legends in. Then I played my first proper delve in Call to Arms, so I got it set up with all of my not-at-all-appropriate scenery, you know, socks and little game containers and stuff to make all of the walls and gates and buildings and palisades and all that. But I had a scenario where I had a Dragonborn and an Imperial Mage, and they were inside a keep, and they were defending against a wave of Draugr that was coming towards the keep to attack them. And they were supposed to drive off the opponents and prevent them from getting into the back of the keep through the courtyard area and they did pretty good they rushed forward the draugr overlord came charging in and the dragonborn closed the gate crushing the overlord right as he was running through which obviously made things easier for me and then as they're going to hold the remaining gate suddenly some hunters that were wounded they had been hiding inside the ruins they poked their head out at the commotion and so the mage and the dragonborn rushed to help them out and get them to safety and told them to go hide in the keep and while the dragonborn is holding the line right at the gate from draugr and skeletal archers moving forward the imperial mage saw some sort of puzzle apparatus sort of fold out of a wall so he ran over and tried to deal with it and he did not do so well the first time the puzzle he attempted it a flamethrower you know a gout of flame pushed out and completely engulfed him and he was a second away from dying before the dragonborn sprinted to his side and extinguished the flames and then as quickly as possible ran back against the now encroaching undead then the mage tried the puzzle again succeeded opening a secret compartment and inside that secret compartment was a sweet roll for some unknown reason. And with that, the dragonborn realized victory was going to be theirs. And so he slammed, she slammed down the second gate, crushing a few more undead. And with that, the force was defeated. So I barely eked out a win. Mage almost died to a terrible, terrible flamethrower trap. But I had a really good time. Awesome. That was called arms. I did not play Skyrim since the last time I talked about it. I've been playing Titanfall and Apex Legends instead. That's that's it. That's very, very cool. Uh, Alara, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been uh, in ESO doing the Mid-Year Mayhem event, and it reminds me of how much I hate PvP. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, I finally got the Tamriel... <clears throat> Sorry, my throat just decided to... Well, why don't we move over... Do you want to move over to Avron <laughs> while we let your throat... Okay, Avron, why don't you tell us what you've been up to the past week? Uh, I've been enjoying the most wonderful time of the year in Tamriel. Sorry, I have Khajiit visitors. Uh, Mid-Year Mayhem, which is almost over, so my heart is broken. I've had a really good time. I went and got Emperor along with a bunch of other UESP PCNA members. So I think I heard there were four consecutive Emperors. Is that right? 
Yes, that's right. So I went ahead and decided I was going to be crazy and push for Emperor before Mid-Year Mayhem, which was just coincidental because I planned my push for a whole month in advance. So I crowned uh, Emperor Falderal. Then we had Emperor Altaria. We had Jonla and we had Sadrathi. And we literally went two days for me, two days for Altaria, two days (laughs) for Jonla, two days for Sadrathi. So we did not get any sleep that week. Oh. But we did get a lot of really fancy hats, so we're well, the good. emperors. At least we were for a while. It was very fun. The UESP dynasty. That's Are right. We all have quite a few uh, emperors, actually, still in the PCN killing, uh, people, so It's, it's uh, such PvP a grind, and it's after really fun that you just over, have to really just not sleep. Like, you spend all day oh. in Cyrodiil. <laughs> hmm. That sounds But crazy. it was good. So, look forward um, to that. Other than that, I don't know. I've just, I've really been having fun doing Minyar Man. You know, I guess I started doing streams for USB, and we've been going to the battlegrounds, and it's just been really fun. So that's it. I our, just our most cheerful mass that? murderer. I've joked. That's right. I just love. I love Minion Mayhem so yeah. much. I always get so sad when it leaves. Like, just give it to me more. I want more. <laughs> well, sometimes it comes around at the beginning of the year too. Probably, why not? I want to do They're there, might as well. Right, might as well. I really like battlegrounds. So yeah, sure, you can always come along, making me. But um I've just I've really just been focusing on Minion Mayhem. So that's just where I've been. So you can be her squire or her shield bearer, AKB. Yeah. Like the adoring fan, you know, you can hold my torch and shine my boots. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically one of the people that's just there to die really easily. And give you points. <laughs> yeah, I just run scout missions and then run away again. Yeah, it's basically. so fun. Don't be intimidated. Go enjoy the last day. But it's not an know. intimidation thing. I'm not scared of it. I just know I'm not good. <laughs> I'm I not just, either. I've just hey. accepted that as my my role in this. Awesome, Alara. How are you feeling now? <laughs> I think my throat's fine now. So, yeah, now I can talk again. Um, I finally got the Tamriel Sky Shard Hunter achievement. The two I was missing were the two behind the gates on the Ebonheart Pact side of Cyrodiil. And the annoying thing is, like, the Pact has the most players, basically, and the gates are almost never open. So I kept checking every time I went into Cyrodiil, and there was one time that the one gate opened, <clears throat> the Dominion had it open, and then I noticed that... Uh, the Covenant was starting to attack the other gate. So I quick ran up to the gate, and as soon as it opened, I was just in there and finally got that achievement. So now I can get the Sky Shard to put in my houses. That's awesome. In other news, I got all kinds of merch this week, uh, or last couple of weeks, rather. I had called the arms shipped. Um, it's going to be a while until I actually open it and um, build stuff. I'm currently in the process of moving right now, so kind of busy. I also got uh, Shogora. Oh, it looks so good. Fancy eyes. Yeah, he's even got his little lava jack. That's so good. Oh, I'm going to have to pick that up. (laughs) And um, also the uh, loot crate for, I don't remember even what month it was, March maybe? No, not March. April, I think. But the theme, I believe, was rivalry. So I got this shirt. It's got Jigalag. I don't know if you can see it. It can't tell that Jigalag's the face. I'll turn my blur off. I'm blurring my background. There we there go. There we go. Oh, that looks so good. 
I saw Wes Johnson uh, tweet about it. He's like, why would you send me Jigalag? Do you know what you've just done? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. It also had uh, the Mason Moleg ball. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Goes well with the um, Elder Scroll. It's like the same kind of uh, size. So, yeah, here's the two right alongside each other. Oops. Or, I'm oh, dropping everything. Okay. Now, now only one of them. <laughs> I have a Master Sword letter opener, which I guess isn't really the same at all. <laughs> um, there's these. I have a Nintendo Switch lost. Are we just listing things we have in front of us? <laughs> These are Small like models. Wooden uh, banners. Uh, they had oh, I more like those. from the last one. Fantastic. They're the Morrowind houses? Morrowind houses. Yeah. Yep. Um, little notebooks for Imperials and Stormcloaks. You can take lots of notes when you play Call to Arms. <laughs> yep. Some of the Divine's window decals. So this one has Debella, Stendar, and Zenithar. Man, you get lots of stuff. Yep. And the last thing was a little Arabros here. Why are the Divine stickers part of the rivalry theme? I don't know. Oh, okay. They're completely I mean, yeah, The I houses mean, for Marwind, was... I see why there's rivalry there. And the yeah. Ouroboros symbol is obviously... Like, its entire point is rivalry. Murdering your rifles is yeah. kind of like her thing. Yeah, and Imperials and Stormcloaks. I guess the Mason Log Ball, you could think of, like, in Meridia. But, um, oh, yeah, and then there was this pin, which I'm not sure what this is offhand exactly. Is that the serpent representing Boethia around the fist? Maybe. Yeah, there's a fist and a snake, so that's probably it. Someone fact check me. I think that's a thing. Scorm says, yeah. I'm going to assume that yeah okay. is for me. And so I nailed it. So what would that be as far as rivalry? Uh, Boethia's, what, plotting and overthrowing and stuff? So I think that's about everything. Though. I got this uh, new uh, torch bug. It's pretty cool. Look at it. it flies about. It seems right. It's a little... All of the, and Molag Bull, I don't think it's friends with anyone. It. So right. I like it. By virtue, it's just rivalry yeah, I, with everybody. Yeah, I was just thinking of ESO, how I do not have an Xbox. Her, I just uh, have the torch bug now. Yeah, they're not friends. You'll just have to accept that I was worthy of the torch bug. That one I'm not seeing rivalry so much. Or Stendar. Well, maybe Stendar. Stendar doesn't like undead, so he's got his vigilance, right? Anyway, that's a lot of cool stuff. I also That's everything for me. Awesome. How about you, AKB? What have you been up to? Yeah. They are annoying. <clears throat> Where did you get the torch bug? Oh, because you have Xbox, right? And I was not. I want a torch bug so bad, but I've never got one. And I've, they've like ended it, so I've there's no chance of Pylon ever getting a torch bug. Other than my red one, I at least have the red one from Mirthmire or I just... it was. Uh, I just got the Dwarven Infernium pet or whatever yeah. from the. Actually, I got that, but I don't use pets in ESO, so I guess it wasn't really worth it. In e for some reason, in Guild Wars Two, I'm fine having mini pets because they're just little artificial dolls that follow you around and are animated. 
No, uh, do you want to know ESO, the actual story going of adventuring how I got that with like a puppy book. or a kitten uh, behind me? That just doesn't sound theme wise. I don't think I would do that, and so oh, well, I don't have many pets and don't use them. That's fair, and I don't know why. There's just some, there's some theme reason that they don't seem suitable to me. Well, that, that's about me. It can I be just tend to s- switch them based on like where I am. Like maybe I'll have a Daedra in Cold Harbor or on like a wolf in Skyrim or something. Mine are entirely there to match my outfit. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's 100% that is what the true endgame fashion. And they have to mount, the mount and the pet have to match, and both of them have to be the same color scheme as my outfit. That is the right way to do it. Uh, unless it's extremely boring, yes. <laughs> He's like, I got it. That's the end. Oh! Into the big boy. I awesome. forgot a thing. You forgot during a thing. The, during the Legends game, when I was playing during the uh, Grand Melee, I managed to summon, sorry, to turn Martin into the avatar of Akatosh and win the game with him. Oh, yeah. So I'm very glad I got to do that finally. I've done that once in my entirety of playing Legends. It's cool. It's like, really uh, cool. He's a big that, old fire uh, dragon boy. Does, yeah. In a weird way, now? remind me that. So if uh, Martin's ability I did get is point every out to a turn, bunch of people that you get all of the leftover magic me running your uh, USB social media. And that, if you ever have uh, 30 Mary's magic at the beginning of a turn, it's one of those things that you don't really think about or changes. I don't remember uh, which one into Avatar of Akatosh. It was amazing 30, seeing 30. how many people weren't Virginia. aware of the yeah. narrative. You can't attack that turn. I don't think. Series just does not uh, exist. So I had to do a it little bit to be able to get him to attack, but the, still, their idea of it wasn't real. And then you attack, and unless they did a what? lot of draining during the game, they did. Yeah, that was great. It's about twenty official sources and one unofficial source that says it outright. Uh, well, it, it, I mean, I shared all of them. Uh, like one of the main ones is just saying. Yeah, Old Mary's is just Tamriel. It's uh, um, uh, what they called Old Mary's is just uh, Tamriel, and Tamriel is just the ruined continent of Old Mary's. Why did I call it Old Mary's? I mean, that's basically only one ULL source, though, right? It's probably how it's that's pronounced. Only one. You're not, not pronouncing it the way though. I imagined in my mind. There is a, yeah, there's anyway. Old Mary's that lead you to believe in game. I was actually just looking this up the other night too. Old Mary, that's Old Mary. I'm saying Old Mary's. Can you call it Old Mary's? Yeah, that because it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> thing in the series. That, yeah, this whole... Uh, because that's probably how it's pronounced? It, it's basically kind of like Atlantis. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. It, it's been explicitly said... I don't said, think anyone uh, would look at that and think in, it's Old Mary's. In a Oblivion teaser. I know that old, calling the them the Old Mary's is a joke that they says do that, like, later yeah, on, the Elder but Scrolls, that's the people, the Old Mary. An irrefutable anyway. source of uh, Terminal history yeah. uh, told us... There's no such thing yeah. as on Mary's. No. It never existed at any <laughs> point of time. It's not. Never mind. You can't, I agree can't with you, Lost. You're right, by the way, just so we're clear. Good. Yeah.
It's a theory in the series. It's not a explicitly said this is the truth. Let's let's read the exact line. Let's so read the exact line. That is now, what everyone says, and that is a level. very inaccurate way of portraying what that piece actually says. There is a moth priest who is a guy who can read Elder Scrolls. He is arguing that it doesn't exist. It's actually a cultural myth. Sundering a purpose is the myth of the destruction of Marys. The Elder Scrolls, I guess, dawn, functionally and are, even but then, being able only to in read one Elder Scroll does not mean you know never all a knowledge of all Elder Scrolls. It does not say That's the Elder Scrolls says. say it never existed. All it says is that I'm a moth priest. I'm arguing it probably didn't exist. There's no commenting on there not being evidence. <laughs> it was somewhere near the beginning of the letter. Yeah. Lore fight. Go for it. Read it. Read what exact line you're talking about. This is riveting. <laughs> Yeah, keep going, Lass. Yeah. Yeah, a moth priest is saying that. Based on what he knows, that is what he believes. He does not say, the Elder Scrolls told me it doesn't exist. And that's what everyone says, and that's not the same thing. And everyone, like, it was quoted, I think, on the wiki saying, it comes from an irrefutable source, the Elder Scrolls, that it never existed. No, a moth priest, based on his current understanding, thinks it didn't. It's, it's a possible theory, even though I think it's kind of silly, but everyone vastly overstates what that source said. And He's it's an correct. unofficial source. He's correct, except for really of Mary's not existing. That is concrete. <laughs> I don't like the number of that things that are That is the foundation of the Elder Scrolls series. There's nothing else that Elder matters except the fact that of Mary's doesn't exist. Basically, a mythos has arisen among what people in the fandom think compared to what was actually said in sources. And that always bothers me. Sorry. Everyone <laughs> snaps back. Listen, Todd Howard himself told me and Dave when we met him that there is no concrete lore. That because yeah. of the nature of the Elder Scrolls, like you can go in whatever direction you really want because that's the whole point of the game. So I, I kind of side with Lost. Thanks. I s- I See, think I think our audience is going right to agree. Now, is skip. I would say, well, let's go talk about something. Else, but I don't have control. On Wednesday. <laughs> I have an important thing I forgot actually. Oh yeah, Avram, what is your important thing? Sorry, we're get, we're we're cutting off the lore fight there by decree of the emperor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that <laughs> power really went to Avram's head like instantly. Uh, we had some requests too, so I think I'll do this on Wednesday. So you know, if if you want to, you can come by the USB channel on Mondays and Wednesdays starting at 11 Eastern, which is a little early, I know, but hey, we're all home. 
no, uh, you can so watch me. I do some data Speaking of things that we don't know how to pronounce. No, so we'll be doing a little bit of a housing tour on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. So if you're interested in seeing in the, the Elder really Scrolls awesome universe, is pronounced that we have, including uh, our guild Lourdes. hall, you can come tune in and watch. And no, I think you're actually going to be really, I'm sorry, I'm the days really surprised by some of the things that our members have. Yeah, Mendes, so that one's I obvious. Think that but but while let's talk about our, the other two days there, Turtles and Turtles. And our guild hall, I'm not bragging. How is Tuesday and Thursday pronounced? Avron's going to stop at my house and clean it up and make it look like You say tear? That's right. It just annoys me. Every word that I say? It's... I have checked. I don't think they have ever been pronounced out loud. It's Midas. Oh. I say tear and tur. Tear, yeah. Tear das. Tear das and tur das. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I say too. Otherwise, they would sound the same. Uh, Avron, that would you, could, uh, that if, if you just read them, you would construct a language for Tamriel. <laughs> Is it Lordas or Loredas? Okay, there you go. Uh, no, uh, people would absolutely love that. Well, you have to remember, too, that there Are actually you... isn't... Sorry, this is my background in linguistics, right? There is no language in Tamriel. It's all what we call a, re- a reflex. Like, it's just a sloppily organized fake language over all the constructs of English. So a lot of the things about how to pronounce are pretty up in the air still. Because English is already so messy and you can choose yeah. to do whatever you want with it anyhow. So, of course, That's you right. can. Yeah. Sure. Sorry. No one would like it because it would be an actual language. Completely <laughs> off topic. There, are, There's a couple fan projects out there, actually, where people try to construct the languages. And they're really well done, but I think at the end they all kind of end up being the same thing. So it's, I mean, when you consider language, there's so many minute, really boring things you have to think about that intuitively we don't because our brains are just hardwired for it. But that's another podcast for another day. (laughs) That sounds fun though. It it does, yeah. Okay, well why don't we pop over and talk about what we want to see from an Elder Scrolls TV show. And we're back. So, in news this week, we found out that Amazon Studios is working on a Fallout TV series, which is very yeah. exciting. I think it's... I am very excited for that. I have... I like to keep my expectations low whenever I hear there's a new TV show announced about a content that I'm already interested in. Uh, uh, go ahead. Colin, like I Witcher. hate to interrupt you, but can I say something about this? Sure, I was just about to lead into a question about it, but go ahead. Uh, the team they have making it uh, made Westworld, and it's I think it's funny because they actually sued the uh, Westworld before for uh, copyright infringement because they stole uh, cold from a Fallout shelter 
with the, the two settings also being extremely similar. I just think it's so funny. They that sued the game Westworld that was made in like they made, after sued the, the game, show. but part they of it was also show. they were already very similar. Which is kind of uh, funny because I'm I'm imagining and now they're in making my head, the actual thing. I'm just imagining in my head what happened was is they like <laughs> opened that lawsuit and then like they met each other in the parking lot afterwards and were like, oh, okay, yeah, well that that's settled like. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to do a Fallout TV show? And they're like, hey, actually, yeah. Why don't we drop the lawsuit and you just do this? <laughs> That's what I was imagining, too. Yeah, I think that'd be really funny. Um, but yeah, so that I, I have a bit lower expectations for whenever these come out until I start seeing things about it, because who knows what's actually going to happen. But like, if we're talking about the showrunners for Westworld, Westworld was fantastic. I love that show. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they could do here. But in our community, that kind of got everybody talking about, like, well, what would what would an Elder Scrolls... If they're willing to do it with Fallout, maybe they're thinking about doing it with the Elder Scrolls as well. And what would so, that so look like? So the very first thing is, if you're an Elder Scrolls fan and you can, you should probably watch the Fallout show. Unless it's terrible, give it a chance because you want to show support for it because that would probably lead into an Elder Scrolls thing happening. Unless it's terrible. And yeah, unless it's terrible. <laughs> and then we don't want another Scrolls one because it'll be bad. Correct. Correct. I mean, if we're talking about it anyways, high level, I don't know if I actually want an Elder Scrolls TV show. And I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Like, I don't know if that's something that I need in my life unless it's like, like Lord of the Rings movie level done. Like that good, that perfect of a movie. Like, I loved that movie. Oh, I just... I know we're I putting off the topic, but they're doing Lord of the Rings, right? They're doing yeah, the Lord of the Amazon's Rings show. Amazon Studios is also doing Lord of the Rings. That might mean that their fantasy like, t spot is sort of filled up for a while. Unless so it doesn't might make... do well. and then. But then we wouldn't have confidence that they could do Elder Scrolls well. I know. There's a lot. Of... Well, it's, it'd be different studios and stuff like that. So I'm not too, too worried. I Yeah, but I personally don't think I need it. But... I think it could be cool. I think there are ways that they could do it pretty well. So we wanted to go over what our... if w Put us all in the role of showrunner, and we're going to pitch different ideas for what we want to do in a show. Uh, so why don't... Lost, why don't I get started with you? Because I see your things up there right in front of me, and I don't have to scroll for them. So I just started firing off a bunch of different concepts I could think of. And it's probably because I'm watching Community lately. So I'm just yeah. thinking of all the different <laughs> experimental show types and which ones would fit. Uh, the very first one I thought up was like a Penitus Oculatus mystery series. And so that's also based on when I read the, the novels recently, the Colin arcs. So he's an agent in the Penitus Oculatus. He's investigating a mystery. It leads into a kidnapping, a conspiracy. There's all sorts of things. And he's both an elite agent and a, de a detective, basically, with some magic and some mysticism and some danger and all that. And that could be cool. I don't know what the overarching plot would be, but unraveling a large interconnected mystery, I'd, I'd be okay I with that. I think I'd be good with that, yeah. And I think that you could do it in a lot of different ways. Like, you could have it centered around Imperial City, and then it's like a Law and Order episode, sort of, but with... Dun-dun. Or, or um, noir detectives, what's that called? Film noir? With detective yeah. shows? Have that, but Penitus Oculatus? That could be really fun. I think. Um, then the one I think I'm even more excited about, National Treasure, just across Tamriel. Like, 
competing treasure hunters. You've got the bad treasure hunters. You've got the good treasure hunters. We've seen that in ESO, right? Yeah. Who's um someone. I've completely forgot his name. The really cocky treasure hunter that... Narcissadren. Narcissadren. Yeah. That's what it was. Something like that, you could have that same dynamic, and that would give you reason to explore different areas. Though I think that something you'd want to worry about in the show is not just ping-ponging everywhere just to like, oh look, Elder Scrolls, oh look, Elder Scrolls, and throwing at you. You'd want to just have the freedom to go places when the story made sense for it. Yeah, that was my main thought too, is that you don't want to just, you know, stuff a bunch of stuff and not have a good plot. You want to bring people into it that maybe aren't familiar with Elder Scrolls. You want to tell the good story. And I think you don't want to just rehash one of the games either. Yeah, I mean, the games aren't really, I don't think, in a format that translate well to, you know. I would say Skyrim, the main quest line. If you just took no side quests, no things like that, if you just went main quest line, like as a story that would work, it just, I don't, I don't think it'd be that compelling. I don't think it'll work for fans. And I'll tell you why, because like, this is my whole thing with not having Elder Scrolls movies, because when I think of like an Elder Scrolls story, I think of being really engaged in it because I've always experienced the stories as a player, right? Where I'm making the choices, I'm going places and I'm experiencing all those things like really intimately. Like for me, TV shows are so missed because like you're just a passive, you're just absorbing information. And like, I think that was kind of the thing I had where it was difficult to read the novels when they first came out. Because you're not making choices, yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to get into it. Because you want to participate. Exactly, but right. I'm so used to just actively participating that I was like, oh, I like I could I can't get into it. I read it for like the lore and because I wanted to support the series, but it's like, oh, like I I'm just, I just want to be a part of Tamriel. So that's just my personal preference, though. So all I of my dis- suggestions are not serious. I hope you will be ready when it's time. <laughs> I uh, disagree for the exact same reason: the fact that uh, the series is so legendary for how many. Um, non-interactive books it has like ignoring the one uh, choose your own adventure book they wrote in universe the series is famous for having its own non-interactive literature and yeah the novels I'm personally not the biggest fan of there's just kind of hard for me to really care about but uh, I feel you're talking about like the lore books within the game I, I'm talking about the lore books as a non-interactive form yeah. of medium, uh, which branching into TV is also a non-interactive form of medium in most cases. There are exceptions, but very, very rare. I, so watching I think, a show is like watching a re- is like reading a very evocative lore book, is what you're saying. I'm saying it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it could if, be if right. they if they angled it like that yeah i could see that yeah because i would want it to be and that's what kind of i was thinking about mine i'd want it to be a story not as like the way a quest would work in the elder scrolls i'd want it to be this side story about like maybe like something that started from a snippet of a lore book but then it's expanded upon and told the whole story about it like something like that would be if if it were to exist again with kind of like the stories and legends so actually that's one of the ones i was thinking of like if we yeah. took like Isle of Madness, you could make a great mini series out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's things like would you make it a long running story with 
a single cast or would you go the i completely forget the anthology yes go the anthology route and have a bunch of little one-off or maybe two-off stories scattered throughout the series anthology would be cool but do we want a single story with a strong slice of time or do you just want a bunch of bites so when i I was thinking about it for me i think personally i want a single story because i think one of the biggest things that the elder scrolls is missing is that strong character that a person can grasp onto there's no like i think that's why the daedric princes become so popular too and like in just not like the hardcore elder scrolls fandom as much as like the the like casual outside perspective people think of shiagorath and people think of those things because that's a stable character there. that's always exists throughout them and like you you understand it versus all the new characters and all the new things that pop up with every game there's no real like there's nothing to grip into uh versus when you think of the witcher like if yeah, you think I was of like about a, to bring that up so i hadn't read any uh the um actual books and i've only played a little of one of the games before i watched the series mm-hmm. and i kind of liked how I mean, there were just different stories, but it did have the main characters connecting. Yeah, it's cohesive. All of them, basically. Yeah. And it gives you and something. And I probably wouldn't have, you know, continued watching if it was all different characters each time. Exactly. And it's like, it gives you, it, you basically, you start to form a relationship with that character. You understand what they want. You you have this thing going on. And the Elder Scrolls really doesn't have that. So that's why I would love to see a character that you have this relationship with that existed and you could grow with and then the people that would be missing that out of an RPG style where it's a self-insert kind of a story where you are creating the story in, in any of the games in Elder Scrolls this is like a character that you maybe view the world through instead of you viewing it as yourself so I think that's what Avron's point was that if you sort of try to do the same story as a game, as yeah. one of the games that existed, yeah. well, you've got that issue of the game is me experiencing the world, me digesting the world how I see fit, turning that straight into a story is going to take away a lot of why that was appealing in the first place. So while each of the stories could probably be its own narrative, and it could be a good show, it's I a don't bad, know if like, it would... Building block. It's a bad pick because you're going to be making one particular story compared to all of the different versions of the story people have already experienced. Though, as a small counter to that, I could see a rendition of Arena's story being really cool because you would have so much around the world to show. It's a really long adventure. takes place over like 10 years. You go to every corner of Tamriel and you could display modern interpretation of Tamriel instead of old interpretation. Yeah, But even then... You just go to the first dungeon in Hammerfell, you avoid some gobos, uh, you pick up a note, you just do that uh, ten times and the game's over. Yeah, the second episode is a montage of just walking in and out of the same dungeon over and over. (coughs) It's a three episode Going in one door, then going in it again. For those who don't know, there's a glitch with the very first dungeon in uh, the first uh, dungeon after the tutorial in Arena, where the the main quest item you get from it uh, respawns so you can just keep going there and you'll very quickly beat the game that way amazing so for those that have watched more guess, sci-fi fantasy shows recently like thinking the witcher how is cgi and makeup and all of that stuff 
because I'm wondering how likely is it that a lot of Argonians or a lot of Khajiit could be in the show and I think it be believable. Could, I think at this point, that's not really a problem anymore. Okay. Um, I disagree. Okay, I, so here's the here's where I'll throw this out. The Warcraft movie, not a great movie overall, but the orcs in that movie look real. Like, I never... One time watching it, I didn't really feel I'm like, oh yeah, that's such a CGI looking thing. It's like, no, they just look like people now. Like, the CGI has just gotten... It was a blur who worked on uh, Warcraft, the Warcraft movie, right? No, I don't believe so. I don't think Blur's done any full, full feature. Was yeah. it Blur who did the uh, like the ESO? Yeah, they uh, did the, the ESO. Tra- they do trailers, yeah. Uh, like if you had a studio like Blur uh, doing the animations, I'd be all on board. I think you would need to do. Yeah, it would be one of the. Once. Uh, let me see. Da, da, da. So, I guess how likely and how cost intensive do you think it would be for consistent Argonian and Khajiit appearances that aren't tacky? Do you think it's possible within reason? I, I don't know. I, I recently saw a scene from The Witcher where there's like a porcupine guy yeah. and he looked okay, but I don't know that I would like to see like 20 of them or if they could have afforded to do 20 of them. But, but think Avatar. Airbender? Uh, no. Not Airbender blue people the blue people one like that's kind of the same that's what i would imagine it would look more like so but james cameron making a movie versus each episode of a television show so i I don't know it'd have to be i feel like it would have to be a netflix kind of show or they could do a different type of khajiit um they could throw it on it's just elfique it's just elfique elfique and ohms (laughs) only elfiques I can get behind that. I'm totally sold. Show me the show. Like, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I mean, I could imagine that they could do, you know, even just makeup for some of the types of Khajiit. So I'm sorry. They wouldn't even necessarily have to be CGI. The, the whole thing with like storytelling, whether it's visually, you know, through text or you're interactive with video games too, is that, you know, anything where you can just hook on in whatever way you hook on, like I'm the kind of person, I don't passively absorb things. So I like to be more interactive. And honestly, like if I sit down to watch a movie, I really don't usually care what the CGI looks like. I mean, it's still <laughs> yeah. playing Vanilla Morrowind, right? Yeah. It's sure. you know, how much do you really just engage with the story and the characters and that whole, you know, let me go English teacher on you and do like, you know, the whole roller coaster of the plot. Like, how do you hang in there? It's just I find for me stuff. It can be distracting though. If something is poorly done and it doesn't but look, look how many right people for me. Love Avatar, and that's totally over the top crazy. CGI'd all over the place, but like, but it was well done. So open to the world building and everything there that it really just. That's so funny. The movie, the movie is the opposite. Everybody hated the world building in Avatar. They thought the story was garbage, but the CGI was so good that people went to see it. Whatever. No, people (laughs) mocked the CGI. Yeah, the CGI Uh, was like why people went to go see that movie. uh, No, um, uh, they mocked the CGI in the Avatar movie. No, wait, which Avatar are you talking about? Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm talking about Avatar James Cameron. Oh, uh, no. Avatar James Cameron's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The other movie. It's Fern Gully, the, the movie. But. <laughs> but I can see, I see what you mean wolves. by that, though, Avron. Like, I think the story is what really matters in something like this, if you were talking about it. Like, yeah, the CGI, like, if it's, if it's not, like, mind blowing amazing, no one's really going to care too, too much. I think as long as it's capable of doing it, like, Mm, that makes me think of the Warcraft movie as well. Like, I mean, it looked 
good as far as the CGI the and stuff. But the story was just and just I know, yeah, I know they tried to pack a lot yeah. of uh, you know stuff from the lore into there. But as someone who hasn't played the game, it was like Wait, you're just what? throwing all this stuff at me. I want what's the story? Yeah, there's too many names, too many weird things going uh, on, and I think too many places. <laughs> I guess the, the thing I was wondering is if they could do you know. 20 Argonians on screen without them being Planet of the Apes level Argonians. Yeah, I think they I think they And could. I think they can at this point. I just didn't know how feasible it is for there to be like an Argonian or a Khajiit focused story or if they would want to only have like one or two of those characters. I don't know. I mean, we've got the movie Cats. We know Khajiit can be <laughs> can be made perfectly without any problem. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> so actually that does though bring me to one of the things that I really wanted to see um, if you've watched Castlevania on Netflix I think that would be an incredible medium to do a story about the Daedric Princes I think so, if you yeah I would like Castlevania not to be as as gory it's yeah. just over like it's, it's over the top I will fully I, I'm gonna say the word offensive and I don't I can't think of a better word at the time they intend for it like it's, it's overly vulgar it's overly violent to the point that i don't really get why but overall it's still a pretty cool show with a pretty cool story and something like that but at tes levels of yeah ESRB i don't think you would go as would as incredibly violent as gratuitous would. yeah it's gratuitous yeah, gratuitous that's the that's word, the word. Uh, i don't think you would go that far but i think so yes, an animated could be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and and that style, like, I don't know if you'd want to do. I don't know if I could fully get behind like an anime stuff, like an anime style on that, no. on like a Elder Scrolls. I don't, I just don't see it there. Uh, but I could be proven wrong on that for sure. Um, or we could go like full Muppet Babies and back to my Alfique story, like just have <laughs> Alfique Muppet Babies getting into mischief having to get the Elfique out of the mischief. Yeah. I was also thinking of having a, like, wartime spy-based one. I mean, not wartime, but having it cover Blades agents working inside the Almeri Dominion early in the Fourth Era, before the Great War happens. So lots of opportunity for intrigue. It's kind of like what Turn, I think it was, was a show about... Um, American Revolution spies against the British yeah. at the time. So a spy series would be kind of fun. But you also get the bonus, like, really dark sense of foreboding since you know what happens to all of those characters. <laughs> Same as Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal, yeah. Dark Crystal's a fun show, but it's kind of hard watching it because I'm like, I know what happens to all of these people yeah. because I watched the movie. Mm. <sighs> well, all right. Well, now that we're all sad, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for reminding us of that loss. At least the show is still nice so far. I mean, That's they're winning hard. so far. So far, it's okay. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay, moving on from Lost's um, trying to give us all the feels. Today. Okay, ignore the feels. A spy show would still probably be cool. A spy show, I think, would like work really a well. political intrigue with Blades agents doing stuff could be pretty fun. Yeah. I think that would be so cool because, like, with the exception of Marwyn, we really haven't seen the Blades a lot as the spies. You know, when you play through Marwyn, it's straight up like, hey, cool, like, you're a spy. Great. Go get a job. Blend in. Do the thing so we can work up, you know, the ladder and sneak you in there. Ha -ha, so. And they're just swordsmen after that. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. They're really just 
They have cool swords. Yeah. That's about it, you know? Their lore is so much better than they get portrayed, I think, sometimes. So that would be awesome. Yeah, Blade story, I think, would work really I would like to see almost like a Blades um, Game of Thrones style of story. Like, you could have a lot of that, poli- like, that fantasy political, I think, would be the genre of that. It's like a political fantasy uh, story, but the Blades would be a very good one in that. It'd be a little bit darker and heavier, I think, would work well for that tone. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it to be just the same as H, like an HBO show. I think that would be. It'd be no. too hard to just say like, "Oh, it's Game of Thrones, but set in." Um, Tamriel. Tamriel. So it's it's a hard balance there for a lot of that stuff. Like, the one thing I think would be interesting though is magic, because I know on there was some interviews with the showrunners for Game of Thrones and one of the biggest problems they had is when magic in the story gets introduced a lot more than it does in the earlier books in uh, A Song of Ice and Fire and they're just like it's just very expensive to do magic on television so like I can't remember what the quote was like a dragon per episode costs like a million dollars or something outrageous like that so that would be the hard thing with Tamriel because I don't want to see Tamriel or the Elder Scrolls depicted without magic. Yeah. Like just it like is no Tamriel without magic. Yeah. It would be very hard to do a live action Tamriel, period. Because I mean, of that. Just walking around, there's giant fanciful mountain ranges, mount uh giant mushrooms, uh different glowing uh smaller fungus. It's beat uh giant fantasy architecture. It's yeah, they just it, set the whole thing in High Rock and they'll be fine. Yikes! <laughs> Burn. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Filmed in this. England. We solved it. Have Big That's Ben as a backdrop in one episode. It won't even be weird. Yeah, no one even noticed. Um. Yeah, but no, the, I think the setting and the world itself make, is why... That's probably, if we're being honest, the biggest reason why I wouldn't want to see... The Elder Scrolls TV show because of those things. Other than, as we said, an animated one would get around a lot of those problems. But just that that big issue of how do you build this world, make it believable for everybody without having to cut corners and say, like, you know what? There's no magic in this version of Tamriel, or there's no crazy creatures in this version of Tamriel because they're too expensive to put on TV. Whereas Fallout can get away with that because it's set in the real world, just in the future-ish. Yeah. And ghouls just, are just uh, people you just with need prosthetics. Makeup. Yeah. Deathclaws, and, well, you've got some cool monsters. You have but some you throw monsters. Deathclaws can still be just someone in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you can do that sparingly. That can be your kind of like, oh, in this episode, this is what happens, versus like literally everything in Tamriel, I feel like, would just be blow the budget out every episode, except for High Rock, because it's boring. I mean Skyrim, just a bunch of snow. That's true. Skyrim also they could just film it in like Norway and then everything. Cyrodiil farmland. Just what I can't wait for more Skyrim. (laughs) Skyrim (laughs) three, the TV show. I think it would be very wise for them not to set it in Skyrim. So like we said, following a game story is probably not the best move. And if they do, it should not be one of the recent stories. Oh, but if they like money, Skyrim's the best way to do it. I to guess. be honest, still are but can't they just Skyrim. say from the makers of Skyrim? No, but then, if you have it, a Skyrim story, I think that is a, I think that is a selling point. 
Like, I, I don't want shit. it, uh, but... Like, they haven't gone away from branding their uh, new stuff as Skyrim. Like, uh, yeah. even the Legends. Remember how long Legends it was a Skyrim the, card the Skyrim, game. yeah. Um, the new uh, board game uh, from Modiphius. It got branded as a Skyrim board game. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, it was. I don't think it says Skyrim anywhere in the material. It's just Skyrim is the first chapter. I definitely remember them using Skyrim branding. I mean, I don't think it's on the box. I I have the box. I Does can it say Skyrim it on it? Yes! Mine's up on the shelf. Does it say from the makers of Skyrim? No, it's not from the... Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think Skyrim is still very marketable and as much as it is a meme at this point that they're just trying to resell us that's definitely skyrim theme that's the skyrim box art is that just because it's you know this particular well this is the core rules i guess though not just the (laughs) skyrim set i was gonna say it's not called skyrim Skyrim. the word skyrim doesn't show up on the box i'm pretty sure maybe it shows up in the flavor text on the back yeah, I don't have it next to me. I'm not positive. But it's not called, like, the Elder Scrolls Skyrim Call to Arms. It's called the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, and the first era is Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah, just those tabletop battles in the world of Tamriel. I do remember in the, the marketing, though, they signal. they pushed Skyrim to begin with. As... Yeah, because Stormcloaks and Imperials are the very first faction. Yeah. yeah. The description on the back is basically, yeah, about the events of Skyrim, like the Stormcloaks and Imperials, like you said. Yeah. But yeah, as much as it's a meme, Skyrim is still very marketable. So I, I mean, think Graymore did pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, look how many new people have brought to the game. Probably more than what I remember from like elsewhere in Somerset and stuff. Yeah, Morrowind would be the only other baby competitor with that. Mm-hmm. The back of the Cult Arms box. It is the time of the Dragonborn. Battles rage across the forests, plains, and mountains of Skyrim as Imperials and Stormcloaks fight for supremacy. And that's in the Good. core rules, or just the. This that's is the core, core rules. rules. Yeah, that's yep. the flavor text on the back of the core box. Yep. Yeah, it says and Skyrim looking TM at that, that about is... seven times. If Uses I was the Skyrim logo. Yeah, if I was at a store and I saw that, I would think Skyrim. I wouldn't just think Elder Scrolls in general, mm-hmm. just with the giant logo on it. But either Skyrim. way, yeah. My my biggest wish, if they do an Elder Scrolls series. I want them to show off a wide variety of Elder Scrolls things, but I really want them to not just be doing a grab bag of, look, it's an Elder Scrolls show. I want it Agreed. to just be something as they explore the world, they keep revealing more of the world. Yeah. And I can yeah, get behind almost any be story that does that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can get behind that as well. Story super important. Lara's right. As usual. Lara's usually right. <laughs> Well, I think Thank unless you. there's any final thoughts anybody wants to add in, that's probably a good place to call it for tonight. I yeah, it's no... super hot in here. Yeah, I'm hot too. In our, I don't even know how the end of the show is going to go. We'll Brag see if Vicky actually has the, has the video files that we need. So, Well, on behalf of myself, Alara, Lost in Hyrule, Avron, and AKB, we want to thank everybody for sticking with us through all of our technical difficulties tonight, and hopefully we'll have it sorted out. I'll figure out what's happening with OBS in my computer. It's been a little bit crazy, but we'll have that figured out for you next week. Um, and then behalf on everybody else at the UESP, we hope you all have some fantastic adventures in Nern. Bye, everybody. I'm just going to wave now and make a joke because I don't know if AKB is going to make the joke. <laughs>